0: Welcome to Growth Decoder, a podcast that digs into those pivotal moments that real entrepreneurs face every day to find out how they rose to those challenges. I'm your host, Mufooz Chowdhury.
1: Uh, I can also say that if I hadn't made that mistake and gone ahead with that project, who knows what would have happened. Maybe we wouldn't even be in business. Today on episode
0: five, we are talking about growing pains. The growing pains business owners feel as they transition from a small to medium-sized organization. Growth is exciting, but it can also be scary. It's a great problem to have. You're excited that more work is coming in, but how do you maintain the quality of your service, your customer care, and your brand? And if you have your mindset on expansion, how do you make sure you have the cash flow to support it? Someone who knows these questions very intimately is Drew Galvin from Pure Image, a home theater and automation company in Western Canada that is leading the way in innovative technology and design. Pure Image has recently expanded beyond Vancouver into Whistler and Victoria as they become a major player in their niche market. Welcome to the podcast, Drew.
1: Thanks very much, Mafuz. Thanks for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. I'm really excited for this interview, uh, especially as I've Got to understand uh, more and more about your story, Drew. It's become very evident to me that you have a lot of experience, expertise, and a lot of wisdom to share in both extremities that businesses go through. um, Some of them being the early stages of challenges that they're experiencing, maybe some uncertainty along the way and not sure what to do. To the other side, where you've been able to break out of it rapid growth, seeing a lot of things folding in place, but at the same time, the challenges that come with that, with maintaining quality. I want to start at the beginning. And I would love to start at the very beginning when your company was uh, being built from back of your car, from what I hear. And I understand that there's been some challenges with getting your first few clients. There's been some challenges with figuring out how to show up to the market. Can you talk a little bit about what the early stages of the business look like and paint a picture for the audience.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll do my best to remember all those years back because that was 18 years ago now. And uh, yeah, but certainly, um, certainly, you know, some dear stories that, that come to mind. Um, So yeah, back in the day, um, you know, at that time I was 20 years old. Uh, I was in college, uh, but things weren't moving too, too quickly for me in college. I, you know, I had decent grades coming out of school and, and, uh, you know, but not really a clear idea of, of where I wanted to be. Um, at the time or, you know, in the two years previous, I'd been working at uh, future shop. Um, and, and at that, that time I was a home theater salesperson and, and, uh, uh, selling TVs and, and, and all the rest of it back then. Uh, back then, uh, you know, you would pay three to $5,000 for a, uh, big projection television that, you know, two people would have to lug in and plonk down on your floor. Yeah. And, um, and, and then, you know, we would have a have a 50-inch uh, Samsung or Pioneer Plasma up on the wall in, in the home theater department. And, and, uh, and they would, uh, you know, that would, it'd be like 15, 20 grand and people would just sort of say, oh, that's cool and walk past it and decide what else they would want. Um, so, one, one evening, actually, a fellow came in uh, to the store and, and uh, basically, um, you know, said, I want that. Give me that thing. Uh, I want it installed. I want it to all set up in my home. And, uh, you know, I go running around the store. It was sort of a Wednesday evening hmm. or something, a quiet night in the store. I go running around and sort of the evening manager was there. Hey, uh, where where would I get the mount for this? Like, wh- who do we call to do this? I want this guy standing in the back. You know, he's got his credit card ready to go. And, um, you know, we were panicking and, and running around. And long story short, I lost the sale because we did not have any of the solutions to, to give this Person and um, and so you know, unfortunately, we we had to say, "Oh, we'll get back to you," and that was the end of that. So that's what gave me the idea of, hey, surely there should be a company that can just have all of the uh, solutions. I, I had this idea, and and I was thinking, okay, you know, let's 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 maybe move forward with this. And um, and so I I actually pulled the trigger on it. I I went and, you know, my actually my dad helped me kind of do the research. And I still remember it was about 250 bucks to to start a company in B.C. And went ahead and did that and um, incorporated. Uh, Meanwhile, working away at Earl's and, uh, you know, you got to have a little bit of luck along the way. And um my manager at the time said, "Hey, uh we've just received our five uh Panasonic plasmas to install. Um and guess what? The the company that we use is uh 3 or 4 weeks booked and I want these things ready for the Grey Cup. Drew, if you can make this happen for me, if you can, if you can promise me you'll have it done in time for the Grey Cup, um then you can have the job." And, and so, you know, uh, so began the adventure. Yeah. And, yeah that's um, amazing. <laughs> and, and away we went. So, um, you know, managed to make the deadline and, uh, managed to make it happen. Uh, obviously through calling in favors from friends and, you know, this person's electrician friend and this and that, we, we made it happen. Um, and, and that luckily, uh, triggered more work. Um, Earls had other locations and other needs, and so we got going there. And 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 meanwhile, um, it, the nature of Future Shop at the time was. Uh, people would get moved around to other stores. They would keep things fresh. They would, you know, people would get promoted and become a manager here and there. So a lot of my friends from the old store were now in other stores. And, and uh, so I printed cards and circulated that around. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, again, just very, very old school beginnings um, at, at the time. Uh, I was operating out of my 1997 Acura Integra, which, uh, if you packed everything perfectly, you could fold up a little ladder <laughs> and you could have all your tools and connectors yeah. and, um, you know, quickly a year went by and, uh, it was time to make the big plunge and, and, uh, and buy a work van, uh, you know, really, really risky, big investment at the time, uh um, and, and invested in, in a work van and deckled it. And, and, um, yeah, again, bit by bit, uh, here we are today.
0: I love that. And, you know, we talk about maybe serendipity that Earls had a need that you just happened to fill, but I like to think there was a lot that you did to make them aware that you're the guy for the job, right? For them to give you that opportunity. So I imagine that there was a lot in the way that you were using word of mouth and other early stage marketing strategies to build some awareness for your business. What would you say was critical for some of your early customer acquisitions? Um, What allowed you to get out there?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, certainly hitting the pavement. Uh, There is no substitute and even to this day. Um, you know, I was doing all of the basics like printing cards, going, visiting electronic stores. It wasn't just limited to future shop at the time. I would, and that's how I met a lot of people as well, distributing cards, making sure people knew that I was available. Um, but I mean, it wasn't even just limited to that. Uh, if anything, as an entrepreneur, I, I would, I would champion the need to be creative. And, uh, I got creative Um, you know, there were times where uh, I, you know, had a friend who would be able to scale um, poles, for example, like actually short story. Uh, One of the, one day we had some signs printed and we stuck them in the lawn in uh, one of the nice subdivisions Mm. where near where we lived. And, 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 shockingly, I got two phone calls from those signs stuck in the lawn in one hour. Um, and then I had no more phone calls because the signs were taken away. They were gone. So rather than give up that idea, um, you know, I, I had a friend who uh, scaled things for a living. And so I uh, actually got him to scale some telephone poles for me and put those signs a little bit too high for them to easily be taken down. Um, and so came great. more phone calls. Yeah. Um Again, uh, sort of early, you know, as we were talking now 2007, about two years in, uh, certainly uh, shifted focus to, hey, how do I show up first when someone searches this on Google? And um, it became quite, uh, quite interested and quite obsessed with, you know, how can I show up readily when people are searching the right terms? And and thankfully, um, gained a decent understanding of that. Uh, and And that has been very strong for me. As well, but um you know, if I weigh everything um you know there's there's absolutely no substitute for marketing. You must do marketing uh but don't neglect one side or the other, mm-hmm. like you absolutely must um do the ground game as well, and even to this day you you have to do that Can you talk a little bit about the
0: next chapter that comes around, which is you're you're starting to get business, you're starting to get attention. People are starting to talk about you online. How do you manage those relationships to make sure that the feedback and the word of mouth is very, very positive in the market?
1: Yeah. And and this side of things is, is you know, almost more old-fashioned business ethos where, you know, taking care of every client uh, and it's a heck of a small city, uh, speaking of Vancouver. Um Essentially, you just as a as a small business, you have to make sure your clients are happy. And no matter what, uh, if you've got one that's unhappy, you need to take care of them um, because simply, uh, you know, one your one Google bad Google review away from someone looking elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that said, I mean, it's not necessarily just about Google reviews. Like again, Vancouver is a tiny little city where everyone knows everyone and you never know if you leave a customer unhappy, you never know when that's going to come back and get you for something else. Um, and, and ultimately, so, so we, we subscribe to the fact that like we must leave every client satisfied. There is not a single person in Vancouver that we've ever left high and dry and, um, and again, I think that's been a big thing for our business. Like, again, it's like you know, I can think of an example where I had a difficult client uh and and um you know there was maybe a, a chance to say, you know what, like maybe let's just call it a day here. Mm-hmm. Um but we struggled through that and and kept everybody happy and and made sure our side of the job was done and made sure that they had nothing but good things to say. Good Excellent. thing we did yeah. uh, because about two or three years later, we were up for the biggest contract our company has ever um, been up for. And uh, that person was one of the decision makers wow. on, okay. uh, on that yeah. contract. And so if we had to just let that fester or like not let that not not dealt with that in a professional and um conscientious way um we would have very much lost out on yeah yeah, the biggest one that we ever got yeah
0: right what is your definition of good customer service um you know you a lot of businesses that's usually their go-to thing right it's Mm -hmm. like what makes you unique we're better at customer service Mm -hmm. what would you say you do that is something that other businesses are struggling to do in the customer service area.
1: Yeah. I mean, speaking of our industry specifically, our industry is actually a very difficult industry to provide good service. Um, Let's compare, say uh, an electrician or something like that. If an electrician wires, uh, you know, a light switch, chances are that light switch is going to be good for the next 20 years. Um, when we hook up an Apple TV or something like that, uh, some you know an update gets pushed. Uh, oh okay, you know we're OS 16 now or whatever it is. Um, that that in our industry plays havoc on on stuff. like we the number of times where we essentially like set up a system, everything is perfect for that day, that month, that six months, and then something gets an update. Um, and breaks something down the chain, uh, it it happens all the time. And Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, that's a huge challenge for our business, but also is moat once you get to a certain point. Now, imagine that you're out there and say you're a one or two or three person crew. Um, you're relying on today's work, right? So I'm, you know, I'm pulling wires through a home or, or, you know, retrofitting someone's attic or something. You go and you work your eight and a half, nine hours on site and then battle traffic and get home and have dinner. And then you check your phone and there's, you know, four people with their Apple TV is not working. Oh, no. Um, so, so that yeah. is a real challenge in our business specifically. Um, and, 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 and as you grow, that only gets worse, um, until it gets better. So we, uh, thankfully our, our business, we're approximately 45 people now and, um, as we've grown, we've been able to build a service department and and we have a service department of six people and they are all excellent, excellent technicians and conscientious people. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is an area now where we can excel. uh, Whereas, you know, if somebody calls, we're there, like there's a person, there's a human (laughs) ready to pick up the phone and answer the question. There's so much stuff that we can do remotely now, thank goodness. And, um, And if we can't solve it remotely, on you know we will book you right in to to get a to visit and and our service backlog is not uh more than a couple of days which is amazing um so so that service burden and that service problem has actually turned into a massive opportunity because unfortunately as as you guys have correctly um picked up this is a hard business to scale in Mm -hmm. and and in creating the service department Uh, we're, we're able to actually attract new customers that potentially they dealt with a one or two or three person company that can't pick up the phone or isn't responsive or isn't able to solve their problem because they are frankly, just too busy doing their next job. Um, people, people find us and that our one of our biggest revenue generators is now our service department. So Mm. it's kind of uh, a lemons to lemonade type scenario. I think it's
0: an exceptional business decision where I think a lot of businesses would have made that decision of saying, hey, let's get more skilled labor to be out there, to yeah. do more of the work, to get out there and, and complete more to drive revenue. Yet you kind of took a moment to look back and say, let me devote some of the team members towards better customer service so that the brand carries through the the reputation while the business is still growing. And I, I think that's a, a a great business move right off the bat. When you think about, great experience, which is what we're talking about right now. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the team, the team building aspect, you know, recruitment must be a big challenge when you're hitting these type of numbers. And for every one person that joins your team, they could make a significant both positive or negative impact on what the brand is going forward. What is the process that you go through in your recruitment, just to make sure that you find the right fit to continue building your team?
1: yeah i mean as i as i'm learning over the years uh it can make such a difference and and um certainly i've had a lot of good advice over the years and uh one of my advisors uh very early on in the game said you know drew you're in a people business um your team is going to define your own destiny and and certainly um you know you can only do so much so it was spelled out fairly clear. I have been lucky enough to have a few very good mentors and we can certainly get into that. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. It, our industry is a people business and there are only so many people in the market. Mm. Um, certainly, uh, you know, my nature is to want, uh, you know, I'm a very caring person and, and when I hire someone, I, I, you know, they, they say, don't use it, you know, don't use the thing as family or whatever, because yeah. it is different than a family. I personally, I look at it very much, almost like a sports team. <laughs> I grew up playing soccer and, and, uh, and, very passionate sports fan. And, um, you know, I, I, and that was a good, uh, that was a good experience because certainly I've been on teams that feel good and teams that feel bad. And, and, uh, it, you know, whether, whether I did it consciously or subconsciously, um, you know i think those lessons were learned um certainly uh, a big thing is you you know you're spending so many hours of the day working with people sure. working with your colleagues that, um, an important thing is that you have to like them. Uh, so one of one of my funny little, uh, hiring rules is, uh, don't hire someone that you wouldn't hang out with on the weekend. I um, like that. um, call that yeah. like a, a, you know, a weird, so call that weird or, or whatever it probably is. But, um, you know, certainly hiring likable people, uh, is, is a very good start. Um, certainly again, I think it comes across when you, like genuinely care about people, Uh, it comes across certainly in your turnover uh, of people, which in our case is extremely low. And, um, you know, even if it means paying a little bit extra, paying a little bit more to get that top talent, uh, they are not more expensive. They actually save you or Mm -hmm. make you, more money than that typically um, value
0: makes up for it yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely and, and that doesn't say to you know just go out and abandon any structure and spend like a drunken sailor uh, <laughs> on on wages but yeah. at the same time you know recognize that you should pay for talent and it pays to do that so i love it and drew you know you're you're on
0: the growth decoder and we're gonna spend some time dissecting this growth period of yours, this incredible transition that happened um, during this the the last decade or so, I want to first start with the moment that you felt like you were ready to make that jump and and start growing the business. I'm curious, was there a moment? Does it not exist? You just have to leap in uh, with the the belief that you can get there. What happened in your business during those? growing phases that made you realize that you can expand and start doing greater things here.
1: Hmm, interesting. Well, um, again, I, in our industry, we work with a lot of successful people and, and so I get a chance and over the years I've gotten a chance to get to know these people and ask them questions that, you know, come to mind at the time. And, and I remember asking one of my clients once uh, who owned a, a national company and, um, very like one actually was one of the country's largest companies. Um, how many times did you risk it all? Uh, how many times did you basically have to roll the dice and mm-hmm. say, you know, I'm comfortable. I have a good living here. Things are generally good. If this was the end of the story, this would probably be okay. How many times did you have to do that to get to a national company of your size? And he said three full times. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And, and, I think at that stage, when I heard that advice, mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or at least that answer, uh, we were at only three people and, um, you know, we were sort of very much just operating at a ground level. We had a couple of work bands and, you know, worked out of a storage unit and things like that, like a really, really humble, uh, setup. Um, and, you know, I don't think it was that long after having he- heard that, uh, where, we actually decided hey let's let's go into a you know let, let, let's go to the next level and and so actually funnily enough, um, that that storage unit uh, that we were working out of, it was actually not even by choice. Um, they were developing the site and so we had to move anyways and so what do you do? find another storage unit or or like get some get some digs and and uh, so that kicked off so so for me that was 2014 mm. and that, uh, you know, uh, happened to walk by this place every day in Town that I thought was kind of cool, needed a little bit of, well, actually quite a lot of fixing up. But, um, you know, I uh, inquired about it and uh, as, as soon as I knew it, we were signing up and, and we were going into that place. And, and so that sort of kicked off, you know throw the comfort away stage one. And that took us from being very comfortable to very, very uncomfortable. And, and, uh, that, uh, you know, that, that, in all honesty, that phase almost put us out of business, um, you know, as, uh, as a bit of a greenhorn, I went into that place and completely underestimated the scope and and size of the task to, uh, improve that, um, improve that building to the point where it would be, you know, what we wanted it to be. So went uh, well over budget on, on the Hmm. improvements there. And then that only got us to a point where we had a functional office and it was another, uh, another major thing to, um, to equip it with all the latest technology. That was another major advancement. So interesting. I I mean, in retrospect now that almost put us out of business Um, it, Definitely put some gray hairs on on my head uh, <laughs> and some some lines on my forehead. Um, and it was a good lesson uh, in in going into a situation like that. It was a good lesson to really understand the capital requirements of of going to that next level, mm-hmm. um, I can't say I regret it because we wouldn't be here talking sure. if, if we didn't do that. But again, that put major stress on the company at the time. And uh, it was a full, you know, when you make a I don't want to say a mistake because it turned out to be a good thing. Um, but when you do make a miscalculation like that, Unless you're really lucky, it takes a while to, to, right. to get out of that. So, uh, you know, I was in major stress uh, between, say, 2014 and 2017, just fighting my way through that situation. Um which ended up obviously, again, being something that was good for the company long-term. It, it set us up. It gave us a, a presence, an exposure. Um, it gave us a lab to basically build and test and mm-hmm. live with the technology. Um, but again, it took a long time to get into a position where things were comfortable again. Yeah. And, and that was, in the end, a very good experience because I'm certainly not going to make that mistake again. Yeah.
0: Talk to me about other roadblocks. You know, if we get into the the cash flow side of things, how mm-hmm. do you maintain great cash flow during this growth phase?
1: Uh, you need to have someone really good uh, in that position, if it, unless it's you. Depending on the size of your business, but um, you know, certainly at our size now, our accounting and finance department uh i have absolutely phenomenal people and i would not be able to sleep at night if i couldn't see uh pretty much down to the minute how much we're up or down for the year um i don't i don't think i could sleep at night if that was the case because obviously there's so much money in and so much money out at any given time that if you don't have that side of things organized and and very very tight um Yeah. It's, that's, yeah, you could, you know, you could get taken out pretty quick. Right. So, um, yeah, I I would highly recommend making sure that you've got either a grounding in it yourself and allocate the time to do it well, uh, or even better yet. So you can focus on growth and, and doing the business, having someone excellent in that position that you trust and, and use the technology as well. Like some of the accounting software out there at, uh, now. Uh, again, using some of the the technology that that is available, it, it gives you a phenomenal uh, perspective. Uh, again, they say you know we haven't spoken about AI or anything yet. One of my favorite topics, but uh, but. Um, the amount of intelligence that is built into some of the software is now uh, everything from cash flow projections uh, to just just overall perspective and, and view of like, again, I could literally tell you how much we're up or down this that's year amazing. Uh, by opening my laptop and yeah. going, you know, two seconds, basically. So that's critical. Um, and and the busier the business gets, uh, the more important that becomes, um, because, yes, if you if you don't have understanding of that, yeah, it's, it's a big risk. Speaking
0: of perseverance and the resilience that you hold onto, um, one of my, one of the parts of your stories that I admire the most is um, how you were able to navigate when you were down to your last thousand bucks. Hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, painting the picture of the circumstance of what you were going through during this time? And, um, you know, speaking of slaying a monster, can you talk a little bit about how you overcame that and came out better on the other side?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that was definitely the, the toughest period. Um, and that all came during the reno of the building and, uh, you know, sort of 2014, 2015, but all the way, you know, that, that's sort of when it hit when the bills just would not stop coming to, you know, fix things up or whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I was literally down to my last thousand bucks and, and that was, uh, that was not just like my thousand bucks. That was like my overdrafts a thousand bucks. So, Hmm. you know, it was, it was looking pretty dire. I think just about everyone, uh, would have written us off at that point. Um, you know, Thankfully, certainly, I had I had you know family that said you know it'll be okay and things like that. Not that I come from a rich background or anything. I certainly don't. Both my teachers or both my parents were teachers, so hmm. you know middle class yeah. or whatever. But uh, um, yeah, uh, that was that was how dire it got in 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 that period of time. And uh, yeah, as I said, it it was just you know you're not quitting you're going to fight and, and you just have to, you have no choice. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so, yeah, just working insane amount of time, you know, if it, if it meant getting a job done, I would work until whatever time it took. Um, yeah. And then I, again, I won't discount the fact that you need to have a little bit of luck. Yeah, I was probably pretty darn lucky to, to have not gone under at that Mm -hmm. point but uh yeah again you you certainly need you you need to you can't quit right you just can't i've also admired how much you don't take your foot off the gas even when things
0: are going well innovation is obviously part of your business model and um, you talked a little bit about ai but even the expansion when we look at vancouver victoria whistler um, you've continued to look at other areas whether it's from what you offer to where you offer it can you talk a little bit about what decisions need to be made or what research needs to be completed ahead of time in order to make sure that the innovation is going down the right direction
1: Yeah, certainly. I I mean, um, if the question relates to, you know, how do you decide whether going into a new market is a good idea – Certainly, it's, it's nice if you can kind of put your toe in the water a little bit. Um, there's not much to stop you from turning on the advertising in a new market and just like uh, gauging what you get back. Um, fortunately, uh, in our case, uh, you know, the growth into Whistler and Victoria has been fairly organic. Um, you know, a lot of our clients have sort of asked us to go up there. Uh, I, I know, especially in Whistler, it's a pretty lively market, um, especially in our line of work. there's a a lot of beautiful homes being built. There's a lot of action happening in the Whistler community. Um, so that, you know, we, we sort of had a bit of a foothold already, which was very nice. Um, certainly again, it goes back to finding the right people. I was lucky enough to find some really good people up there right. and, and to, to sort of start building that team. And then again, once we gained a little bit of momentum, we were able to go a little bit further and get a small office and and things like that. And and obviously the story in Whistler for us continues to evolve. Um in Victoria, again, same thing. Uh definitely had the right person um, that was that was actually moving over there. And uh, you know, certainly had all the attributes to say, hey, this person is the right person to lead this market for us. Um we had less momentum there at the time when when that decision was made. But um, again, turned on the marketing. And uh, although, again, in in Victoria, the marketing that I typically subscribe to isn't really doing as much as it is in, um, in other markets. Whereas, uh, mm. yeah. So again, which is like where I go back to sure. like, you know, when someone tells you this works or that doesn't work, I mean, it's, it's really like, you can, you can obviously listen to that, but you won't know until you try. Um, so, so yeah, certainly in Victoria, it was more about, Hey, we've got this person that's moving into this uh, market. Uh, I think we can build around that. And then we've actually been quite lucky in Victoria to, to gain some excellent work. Sometimes the challenges that you experience
0: can also appear when you least expect it, especially when we saw the pandemic years come up, which we know impacted many businesses, um, whether it is from a customer base to getting access to resources and supplies like they used to. What would you say your circumstance would look like during the pandemic?
1: That first month to two months was really, really tough uh, in my position because it's like, you know, you're, you're, trying to do the right things for your people, for your business, uh, for everybody's health. Um, Yeah, you don't want the business to go under, obviously. So there was just so many question marks at that time. And then, you know, again, the pandemic kind of went through its like peaks and valleys of like, you know, okay, it's really bad right now. It's not so bad. It's summer. It's winter. Um, But it was just constantly, constantly just reinventing the wheel and and figuring it out um that said and and this is a probably a good one for people um you know obviously you'd you'd be crazy to not say that that was a time of crazy adversity Mm -hmm. um yeah and 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 much like you know Again, I don't think it's quite that bad right now, but, you know, interest rates are high. If you turn on the news, it's doom and gloom. But one of the things that actually a good friend, again, a friend told me is, and this was when the pandemic was just kicking off. He said, the times of adversity are actually the most opportune times to to make moves and to grow. Um, and I sort of took that to heart. And And I mean, the pandemic for us, I decided I'm going to I'm going to keep pushing. And an interesting thing that happened during that time was was um, talent became available. Whereas, you know, certain companies pushed forward, others sort of like ducked and covered. Um, Some companies laid off talent that you would never get in any other situation. Um, And our industry is a funny industry where it's very hard to get talented people Mm -hmm. or experienced people. some companies sort of, sort of turtled a little bit and, and, uh, and we were able to pick up talent that we wouldn't have normally done. Right. So here I was faced with this decision of like all this weird stuff's happening, but look at who's available. Do I bring them in? Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the end, I, I listened to my friend and, and, um, i i pushed you really capitalized yeah yeah and and so you know in the pandemic we actually grew by quite a few people and the people that we were able to add were were absolute gems that we wouldn't have gotten any other time so um that in that respect that sort of kicked off a period of like significant growth um meanwhile as sort of the pandemic um settled in uh and people sort of got used to it and were like okay you know Throw on a mask and come in and do your thing and I'll wait upstairs or whatever. Um, things started to flow a little bit better. Sure. And, and obviously, you know, they're the government programs, which, uh, you know, we made use of, uh, for a short period of time, but very quickly I recognized that that could become a bit of a, um, Oh, I don't know, like I almost like a false, you could build a business falsely around yeah. that. And, and, um, and so I was quick to get off of that as soon as we possibly could. And, and we were off it very quickly. Right. Um, so, so. Yeah, we were able to grow throughout that period. And then uh, as, you know, back to the luck thing, um, guess what people were doing? They were spending more money on their homes. If you could do something that made someone's home more comfortable or more entertaining or more more enjoyable to be at, uh, people were investing money. Mm-hmm. And they were also, you know, they weren't going on their big trip to Europe or whatever. And, uh, so they had maybe a little bit of extra money to spend on their homes and looking into
0: home projects, you know, upgrades. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so as the pandemic wore on, uh, that side of things became more and more evident and we were actually able to experience some really good growth and, and record numbers, uh, over the course of those years. I love to hear it, Drew. We talked about the early chapters of your business, and then we
0: dived into chapter two, which we imagine there was also many, many roadblocks that you overcame. Can you talk a little bit about chapter three, which is going in to where you are today, as well as the upcoming future? What's what's coming up for the business?
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and it's certainly one of the reasons why we're, we're sitting here today. Um, so, you know, as as I sort of explained we we went into our showroom and 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 that was in Yaletown in 2014. There was sort of three years of uh, trial and tribulation before th- things even had a glimmer of improvement um, and and then towards the end of uh well towards the middle of um, 2022 uh, another massive change happened which yeah I suppose we could call it chapter three. So um, by this time we were sort of entering the, you know, high thirties, low forties in terms of personnel. Um, we had a lot of business going all over the place. We were doing hotels. We were doing all kinds of different things. And um, the reality was we had outgrown our, our downtown showroom space, um, which had a little bit of warehousing in the back, but it was like, absolutely like sardines back yeah. there. And um and even on the office side of things, like, you know, every seat was starting to get taken and we had a lot of people kind of, you know, it was a very, very busy showroom, which in one way was good. Like in many ways was good. There was, you know, it certainly, you know, that's where the culture of our company sure. was built and and, and whatnot. Um, but we were just starting to burst at the seams. So um, I had been dreaming of – um Expansion on, in in something that uh, basically would be like a warehouse operations and staging facility, um, and and I had started working with my friend who who was a commercial real estate broker looking at at places sort of out in the suburbs, and um, you know I was looking for a good sized place that um, the company could actually purchase uh to be sort of the long-term home for mm. for that because again if you can picture it um you know we had a, a I have our place in in yale town we've got our sort of street frontage and then the alley in the back we had big 18-wheeler trucks like pulling up delivering right. skids of lutron shades and and big tvs and all kinds of stuff and you know people would be in the alley honking their horns get out of the way come on let's go um so, you know, the need was becoming more and more acute. And we were actually in the middle of, again, a company's uh, to date, one of our largest projects, which was um, uh, some work uh, up in Whistler for a hotel chain. And... Um, and I sort of could see it. I, you know, that one is the one that's going to sort of break the, the back of, of our logistics side of things. Right. Like there's just too many things that are going to be showing up. And thankfully that was a big project where we could see sort of a year out, like, Hey, when that is coming, when that's happening, we need more space. Mm. So was working with my friend who, who's a commercial real estate uh, broker and, and, uh, you know, had him on the hunt and, um, you know, finally he he found, and we were looking for a while. Um, finally, he found you know what I would call the right forever home for our company—a nice mix of warehouse and office that could sort of house the different departments and allow us to sort of receive, uh, stage, pre-assemble, design, test all of that stuff all in all under right. one roof. Um, so that's, that's sort of, uh, that's when Pure Image and, and, Canadian Western Bank became, uh, a thing. And, um, you know, certainly they, uh, when it came to, you know, um, preparing a mortgage and, and, um, and again, in this case, I was determined to not make the same mistake I made in, in 2014, mm-hmm. which was going into new, a new adventure undercapitalized, And, uh, so, you know, on, we went with that. Um, we, we went forward with the new building and um, so kicked off the new challenge. And, and, you know, this place was built in the 90s. Uh, certainly I like things to look nice and clean and right. modern. Um, so, you know, so kicked off a, another mini Renault, not as bad as the first one. Uh, you know, cleaning things up, painting everything, getting, you know, warehouse racking set up, getting desks, computers, uh, you name it and, and then bringing it up to the standard that when our clients or, um, builders or, you know, industry partners roll through there, you know, it's also got to look nice uh, and, you know, and clean. So, um, that started things off. And and, uh, so, that was summer 2022. So, here we are in October 2023. So, you know, what is that? 15 15 months roughly.
0: Very fresh, very exciting time in the journey.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, again, a whole, and a whole new set of challenges. Um, So, you know, how do we... How do we maintain the culture? I, you know, I personally can only be in one place uh, at, at one time. Um, how, how do we maintain the culture? How do we maintain the energy? Uh, how do we communicate? Uh, if some people are working from uh, the downtown location and someone's and people are working from from the, the new location in the suburbs, how do we how do we operate Um what kind of protocols are in place for making sure gear is where it needs to be on the right day. Uh, where do people launch from? But um, so, so it's been another year of, of challenge, which I enjoy to, to be frank with you, it was getting a little too comfortable and too mm. easy, or I shouldn't say too easy, but just like, you know, I, I I really like to have I, I like to feel like I'm fighting a battle. really or, gives it that purpose. Yeah, yeah, some purpose for sure. And you know, more than a year on now, that place is all cleaned up., uh, we have all of the operating procedures in place to make sure that everyone is stitched together and and communicating and has the information and the things that they need. And um yeah, to my surprise, actually, I you know initially with that building, I thought, okay, Mm, It's pretty good. It's pretty much what I want, but the, the warehouse versus office ratio, mm, you know, maybe if I, in a perfect world, I'd maybe want a little bit more warehouse versus a little less office. I don't think these offices are going to be that busy. Well, Boy, was I wrong. Um, those offices are full of people because, uh, again, being in the suburbs, um, a lot of my team members, uh, appreciate not having to battle traffic in the morning and going the opposite direction or whatnot. So actually those offices have been quite lively and it's been the opposite problem of being like, Hey guys, remember this awesome place downtown that we've got. Um, but yeah, we've, we've managed to uh, strike a balance and, and again, Back to the piece about having really, really good people. Um, you know, again, that that has shone through yet again in, in this next phase, and and again, this having this is is taking our company to the next level. Uh, again, when we're assembling our racks and pre-staging everything, it looks like NASA in there. Like it's you know the the guys got e- the guys assembling racks has got every single little mm-hmm. connector and little piece to make it nicer or more reliable. Um, and uh, you know we're in there experimenting with technologies like 3D printing and all kinds of uh, development there. And and uh, and again, it's just uh, I'm watching the quality of our finished product go up and up and up, which can only be a good thing. And um, yeah, so just yet again, another exciting time for the company.
0: Drew, your growth is an inspiration to myself and many businesses that are tuning in on onto this podcast. Thank you very much for being on the Growth Decoder and sharing your incredible journey. I have no doubt that it's going to help many people with the transitions that they're going through as well. Um, I really appreciate all you do and best of luck.
1: Appreciate it, Mafuz. Thanks very much. Appreciate it.
0: That was a great conversation with Drew Galvin of Pure Image. My first big takeaway from today's episode is the importance of hiring good people. Growing your business means growing your staff and spending a little more to hire the best talent is a decision you won't regret. The second big takeaway is how important it is to seek out successful partnerships. As your clients prosper, more business will get sent your way and your business will grow as well. And the final big piece is to be open to advice. Find people you trust because they may steer you in a direction you hadn't even considered. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to Growth Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit www.cwbank.com podcast for more about Pure Image as well as the other businesses and topics featured on Growth Decoder. I'm your host Mafuz Chaudhry. Thank you for listening. Growth Decoder is brought to you by Canadian Western Bank with production by SJC.